Good morning, my friend. I hope you're doing well. Sunday morning, cold outside. It's about eight degrees right now. Well, it's warmed up to 11. It was eight when I got up, um, about 545 in the morning and I've been having some coffee and just doing a little quiet time. And it is, um, Sunday. So I hope you have time with your people today. Um, our church in Alabama that we worshiped at when we were there, Church of the Highlands is starting the twice a year. They do a thing called the 21 days of prayer. And in January, it's 21 days of prayer and fasting. And that starts today. So they like to start the calendar year and then they like to start the school year with prayer. And they do this 21 day thing. You can actually get it online. It's Church of the Highlands dot com um every morning at 6 a.m central time during the week i think it's nine on saturdays i'll check that um and then the sunday service is part of it too but so you can get online with us every day there are people all over the world that'll be they have a short little devotional little time of worship and then about 30 minutes of prayer before you get your day started be great if you want to join us um i'll put a link in the show notes to the 21 days and basically we're doing that and, and there's a time of fasting. Now what's fasting all about? Uh, the best explain, explanation of what fasting is I've ever heard was in a little, short little clip from Lisa Bevere on Instagram last week. And she said, dieting changes how you look. Fasting changes how you see. Dieting changes how you look. Fasting changes how you see. The idea of a fast, the biblical idea is to get stuff out of your way so you can concentrate on things that are more important. Right? Just take something off your plate, something off the table, something out of your cabinet, something out of your habit, something that you do frequently that you can not do, remove or strip away just to get it out of your way. It's, this is not going to be in my way between me and the Lord for the next however long. For us, it's going to be 21 days here. So just put some things out of your way. Make yourself change a routine and use that time and that typical space of that routine to see something different, to ask God to open your eyes and clarify some things for you. Really, it just can be a dramatic experience. And Jesus didn't say when you fast. He didn't say if you fast. He said when you fast. So this is a, a discipline that Christians have largely let go, and I think it'll be valuable for you. So for the next three weeks, starting today, 21 days of prayer and fasting, jump in there and do it with us, okay? So this morning in my quiet time, told you we're reading a, a year-long book, The Joshua Code by O.S. Hawkins. It's 52 scripture verses every believer should know. And the idea here is you just take one verse a week and you chew on it. So rather than us going through the whole Bible in 90 days like we did two years ago or reading through the entire Bible in one year like we do many years with you, join us this year in this thing that Eugene Peterson calls Lectio Divina, the idea of eating the words. So O.S. Hawkins talks about in the introduction to the book, this verse in Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. Then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. So the idea God says to Joshua and to the people, if you chew on my word, you will be more successful. You will find your way more clearly. That doesn't mean you'll have more money or more power or more status. It means that you'll find your path through life more navigable. You'll have more wisdom. You'll have better discernment. You'll have more resilience. If you chew on the word, you'll generally be more successful in this journey that we're all on in this sometimes hard life. We've been talking a lot about the difference between abundance and the steal, kill, and destroy. The A is greater than SKD of John 10.10. That Jesus talked about. You have an enemy. Now, whether you're one of my agnostic or atheist friends that believes that the enemy is just your neurochemicals that create resistance in your head, or if you believe that there's an actual devil of hell, 
that's out there, you know, competing against you for success in the spiritual realm, then whether you believe that or not, you certainly can agree with us that you have an enemy. You have somebody fighting against you inside your head or something fighting against you inside your head. Well, I would tell you that one of the ways to deal with that, because you're going to encounter hard things, and one of the ways to deal with that is to prehab your brain by putting some good stuff in there that you can recall. And I believe that's an act of the Holy Spirit because Jesus said the Holy Spirit will remind you, the counselor will teach you what I've taught you before. He will remind you of the things that you've learned. And the way that you learn that is by putting scripture in your heart. So this Joshua 1.8 idea, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Well, the first chapter of the book is about Genesis 1-1, okay? Everyone has a worldview. Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So today we're just going to spend a couple of minutes talking about that. I want you to chew on it. And we're at the end of the first week. So this was the, the verse that we've been chewing on for the first week. And I just assume that a number of people listening to me around the world today haven't started this book with us. So the Joshua Code by O.S. Hawkins, go Buy it from your local bookseller. Download it from Amazon or Barnes & Noble or somewhere. Do this with us and let me know. Send me an email, Lee at Dr. Lee Warren. Let me know or speakpipe.com slash Dr. Lee Warren. Leave me a voicemail. Let me know you're doing this with us. The reason I want to know is so we can all be on the same page and we're chewing on the same scripture during the week. So we just finished the first week and everyone has a worldview. Chapter one, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So we're going to talk about that for a minute because I want to just kind of catch you up if you haven't been doing this with us. And last night we had an almost full moon over the river, and it was one of those harvest moons. I took a couple pictures of it. I'm going to put a picture of the moon that I took from our patio last night, uh, super zoomed up with the camera. And I just want to put that in the in the show notes so you can see it, what it looked like. And it just reminded me of Genesis 1-1. And so we're going to talk about that for a minute today because I believe that chewing on Scripture gives us a, a toolkit of things we can use when life gets hard that'll help you. And I'm all about trying to help you. I'm writing you a prescription today so that you can change your mind and change your life. And Lisa's going to tell us the good news is that we can start today. Hey, are you ready to change your life? If the answer is yes, there's only one rule. You have to change your mind first. And my friend, there's a place where the neuroscience of how your mind works smashes together with faith and everything starts to make sense. That place is called self-brain surgery. You can learn it, and it will help you become healthier, feel better, and be happier. And the good news is, you can start today. Thanks, Lisa. Hey, so glad to have you listening today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I live in Nebraska in the United States of America with my incredible wife, Lisa, my father-in-law, Tata, and the super pups, Harvey and Lewis. I'm a neurosurgeon and an author, and I'm here to help you harness neuroscience, the power of your brain, faith, the power of your spirit, and good old common sense to help you lead a healthier, better, happier life. Listen, friend, you can't change your life until you change your mind, and I'm here to help you learn the art of self-brain surgery to get it done if you like the show. Please subscribe so you never miss an episode and tell your friends about it. If you tell two or three friends this podcast was helpful to you, imagine how much good we can all do around the world together. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I'm here to help you change your mind so you can change your life. Let's get after it. Okay, so Genesis 1-1, all right? This is a verse that we know so well that we just read past. 
we just read past it. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, right? You know that if you've been around the Bible or been around church, you've read that a million times. And even if you're not a person that's done that, you've heard that scripture. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Well, why is this such a staggering thing? Well, I was in the backyard last night. Lisa took a breath in and she said, y'all, come look at the, come look in the, in the backyard. Look, look, look. And it was the harvest moon coming up over the river. And it was incredible. It was just unbelievable. It was indescribable that the beauty of the moon, this Dale and Joe Margaret's built this place just in this spot because this is where the moon shows off every night. And we get to see it as the year goes by. We've been here two years now, and it's just incredible. The different sunrises and sunsets and moonrises and moonsets that we get to see and the stars and the, the wildlife. It's just incredible out here on Moon River Ranch. I hope you get to see it someday. And Charles Malone wrote in. He's an amazing, faithful listener and, and reader. He writes in frequently, and, and Charles has had a number of struggles. We've prayed for him in the past many times here on the podcast. But Charles wrote in, and he said, hey, you should have a like a family read. Union. You and Tommy Walker and some others have a get together and have a concert out on the river and you can sell tickets and we could all come and meet each other. Oh, I want to tell you, Charles, we're going to do that. We're not going to sell tickets, but they're, Lord willing, there's going to come a time when Tommy and his folks come here and we have a worship on the water event and y'all can come. We'll let you know when it's going to be and anybody who wants to come to North Platte, Nebraska and stay in a hotel, come out here and we'll cater and have barbecue or something and we'll have a an evening of worship on the river. So maybe someday in the future, God will ordain it to where that'll come to pass. And that's something that we want to do. Lisa and I and Tata want to do that. We want to meet you and we want to worship with you out here on the riverbank. So anyway, it was the moon was coming up last night and it was just indescribable. And I kept hearing Chris Tomlin's song, Indescribable, in my head when I was looking at the moon. I'm going to play it for you right now just to set us up for a minute, a little bit of worship and chewing on the scripture in the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth. And it really is indescribable.
incredible, beautiful song, old song from Chris Tomlin, one of my favorites. And it just it explains exactly what I felt when I was looking at the moon last night over the river. Just we get to see this every day. It's such a blessing that we get to see it. So I hope I'm going to put a picture in there and show you what we saw last night. And I hope that wherever you are, you have a chance to be blown away by how indescribable God is. Now, listen. This book, O.S. Hawkins' book, just gives us an opportunity to, to practice this discipline of Lectio Divina, the eating the divine words, chewing on them. God says it. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Meditate on my word day and night. Write it down. Think about it. Teach it to your kids. Keep it on your mind because it's going to help you. He's not saying he just, it's not like me writing a book and saying, hey, memorize my book and keep it with you all the time. Put it in your back pocket. Sell it to your friends. You know, it's not, it's not that. It's not because he wants his book to be sold more or his book to be more famous. It's because his book Different than most books, different than Harry Potter or any other book that you can read a hundred times in your lifetime, his book will change your life and help you and give you tools and juice and peace and strength and resilience and and power to deal with the things that are inevitably going to come along, the massive things and the many massive things and the death by a thousand cuts of the day-to-day life, the hard stuff, the scripture will help you with that. So what about Genesis 1-1? the verse we just read right past. We've read it so many times we don't even think about it anymore. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Well, this Lectio Divina discipline, the idea that think about every single word, every single phrase, and chew on it, and toss it around, and pray about it, and what does it mean, and what are you trying to teach us here, God? Why did you bother to say it that way? Why did you phrase it this way and not that way? Why not say once upon a time, or why not say long ago in a galaxy far, far away? Why did you choose to say, in the beginning, God? Well, I'll tell you why. This is one of those scriptures that describes a worldview, okay? Now, the Germans have a phrase, Weltanschauung. talked about it in my new book, Hope is the First Dose. Weltanschauung is this mystical contemplation of how we got here and what our world's about and how we put our life together and how we see the view, the, how we view the world. Worldview, Weltanschauung, is this idea that we contemplate where we came from and what, what our place is in the world and how we interact with the things around us and the people around us, okay? So if you have a worldview, of understanding that in the beginning, God, it changes how you look at the rest of the world. If we believe, Hawkins writes, if we believe these four words, then we will view our world through the lens of Scripture that does not change. If we do not believe these four words, then we will continue to view our world through the lens of culture that continually changes. This is the whole game right here. The first four words of your Bible, of Scripture, state that God created in the beginning. And if you believe that, that'll change everything about how you live, how you read, how you study, how you interact with the culture around you, how you determine whether or not you're going to be a person who influences others for good, or you're going to live for your own, you know, grab everything I can because YOLO, right? You only live once. It's, it's, it's This is a worldview kind of determining scripture. And if you have a worldview that says in the beginning God, then perhaps, as Hawkins says, there's no other verse under such constant abuse and ridicule than one one, because it demands that you answer three questions, when, who, and what. So when, in the beginning. Now note, Hawkins says, in the beginning doesn't mean that all of God's eternal history started then. No, he's talking about the beginning of our world. We thought we find three things in the beginning with God. Back in the eternal councils before history, before the world started, we find love, glory, and eternal life. 
Before Genesis 1-1, there was love. Because John seventeen twenty four, Jesus prayed and he said, Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which you have given me, for you loved me before the foundation of the world. God loved Jesus before the foundation of the world. Before the beginning, there was love. There was God and Jesus and their love for one another. Back in the eternal recesses of God, before the events of Genesis 1-1, Hawkins writes, there existed also glory. John seventeen five. Jesus said, Now, Father, glorify me together with yourself with the glory which I had with you before the world was. So there was love and there was glory. But there was also the promise of eternal life. Paul wrote to Titus in Titus 1-2 and said, Our hope of eternal life, in the hope of eternal life which God, who cannot lie, promised before time began. So before the beginning, there was the promise of eternal life. God worked all this stuff out before he made the rocks and the mountains and the oceans. Now, how important is that? Don't think of Genesis 1-1 as the beginning of everything because... John says, John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, capital W, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You remember Tuesday's with Tata last time, we talked about fiat loose, about this Latin phrase, let there be light, which really translated should sort of be like, let light be made. God said to Jesus, go make light, and Jesus made it. I got so excited when we were talking about that, that I slipped into my... McCurtain County, Oklahoma dialect, and I, apparently somebody wrote in and said, hey, Dr. Warren said, Jesus going to get you some. <laughs> apparently, didn't realize it, but I went back and listened to it. I said, if you need light and there's not any light, Jesus can make you some. And apparently, I slipped into my dialect and said, Jesus going to make you some. <laughs> that's, how, that's, that's how I said. I was so excited about this idea because I never thought about it before. But John says it plain. He says it clearly that everything that was made was made by him, was made by Jesus, was made by the Word, because the Word was light. The Word was there in the beginning. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. I just got a text message while I was talking from Charles Malone. I was talking about Charles, and I got a text from Charles. He sent me a receipt. He just pre-ordered my new book on Amazon. I said in my newsletter today that if you send me a screenshot of the pre-order, I'm going to send you a document with some outline of some of the key ideas in the new book, Hope is the First Dose. And the very first one I received was from Charles Malone, literally while I was talking about Charles Malone on the podcast. So thank you, Charles. You're a good man, and I'm working on that document now. You'll get it soon, okay? It'll be a, it'll be a day or two but you'll get it. Okay, so this is a huge idea, okay? It's huge that before the beginning, there was glory and love and the promise of eternal life. And the beginning wasn't the beginning of God. He goes back beyond it. He goes back beyond it with Jesus and the Holy Spirit and love and glory and eternal life. Okay, so then what happened? Don't think of Genesis 1-1 as the beginning because John says in John 1-1 and 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So when in the beginning, Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Who did it? God did it. Now this is an important point here. The word Elohim in Hebrew 
is the word that he uses for God. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And Elohim, interestingly, is plural. And there's a lot of a lot of depth to this study. I did a whole word study on Elohim before. And Psalm 82 is relevant here, too. We'll talk about that at some point when you're ready to stretch your brain out and not understand yourself for a few days. <laughs> Psalm 82 will blow your mind if you read it in the context of what Elohim means. But Elohim is plural. So when he says, in the beginning, God, he's talking about the Trinity here. He's talking about God being three people that created the heavens and the earth. So in the initial verse of Scripture, from from the the first time pen was put to paper, you get a hint that we're talking about the Trinity, Father, Son, and Spirit. And the word created is singular. So it's almost like the it's almost like another one of those uh, places where the grammar is written in a in an, a purposefully tricky way to make you pay attention to it. Okay, there's a, a form of writing where you use sort of clunky language to make people notice and pay attention. Jesus did it in his in his sermons a lot, his parables a lot, where he would say something. In fact, that verse um, in John about not um, my father will in no wise cast them out, in no wise I will, I will never, never, ever, never, never let you go, right? That phrase was written in a way that would make people take note of how the grammar was clunky because then they would pay more attention to the words. And that's what's happening here too. You've got plural Elohim, gods. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth and then a singular created. So it's, it's an, it's an, a singular form, which basically says these people, these three did this thing. The three in one did this huge thing. And then they turn around and say in Genesis 126, let us make man in our image. So God is telling us here that Jesus and the Holy Spirit were intimately involved in creation. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So God created man in his own image. The doctrine of the Trinity, Hawkins writes, is one of the great mysteries of the Bible, yet beginning with this first verse, the idea of the Trinity is woven throughout the Scripture. So don't let anybody in this culture tell you that the Trinity is not a legit doctrine. It starts in page one. And it's important. It's like the H2O. Water is made up of two hydrogen and one oxygen molecules, but they are combined into one. And we understand that that's a, that's a singular substance made of multiple parts, and that's what God is. Okay? It makes perfect sense when you think about it in that way. So the who, God, the when, in the beginning, what's the what created the heavens and the earth? And Hawkins makes this point. I'm going to be done here because it's just a little little thought process for you. This is just an example of how you can take one scripture and chew on it. And there's just so much meat and so much marrow and so much depth to it. And every word of your Bible is just like that. So the what created the heavens and the earth. And Hawkins makes this point. You can make something, but you can't create something. Okay? All of us have the ability to make something. Lisa can go in the kitchen and in five minutes whip up an incredible gourmet meal that's unbelievable. But she didn't make the salmon, and she didn't create the kale or the, or the, the spinach or the, the salad dressing. She didn't make the molecules that go into it, okay? She just took ingredients that were already there that she had shopped for and found, and she put them together. She made an incredible meal, but she didn't create it, okay? I can make something. I can go out to the shop and 
assemble the ping pong table that Alan Kristen gave us for Christmas. I can make a ping pong table, but I can't create it. I can't say, wave my hand and make those molecules and the particle board and all that stuff appear out of nothing. And that's what God did when he created the heavens and the earth. Fiat Luce is God said, go make light. And Jesus went and made light, which means he had to make physics and he had to make, you know, pop particles to make that happen. So the cabinet maker may make a beautiful cabinet, Hawkins writes, out of wood, but he's unable to create the wood. And so the connotation in Genesis 1-1 in the Hebrew carries with it that something, everything, was made out of nothing, that God created from scratch, from nothing, everything. And that, my friend, is a worldview that you need to have. If you have a lens to look at the world, if you're Weltanschauung, your mystical contemplation of the world is that God created the heavens and the earth. And you're going to have some solid footing to deal with all the shifting of culture when they tell you that you just need to do your own thing and you're enough and love yourself and, and you know, you find your own truth and all of that. Well, there's not your truth and my truth. There's the truth, and the truth is that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And how beautiful is it? It's indescribably beautiful, and it's indescribably powerful, and it's indescribably wonderful. And friend, if you do this kind of Bible study, you will find yourself with some power and some juice. When life gets hard, you'll be able to put your feet down on some solid ground And you can change your mind about all the things the culture is telling you. And that will change your life because you can stand firm on the promises. I'm going to play Tommy Walker's song, Standing on the Promises. One more time, we've been in Tommy Walker a lot this week because we just did the seven-day Tommy Walker and Robin Walker Bible study about the hymns. And we're going to play Standing on the Promises because in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Chew on that. Think about it. Stay in it. And start today.
Hey, thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the show so you automatically get every episode. And if you like the show, you'll love my weekly letter. Check out my writing at drleewarren.substack.com, drleewarren.substack.com. Get the free newsletter every week for my best prescriptions for becoming healthier, feeling better, and being happier through the power of faith and neuroscience smashing together via self-brain surgery, drleewarren.substack.com. And if you need prayer, go to the prayer wall at wleewarrenmd.com slash prayer. The theme music for the show is Make Us One by Tommy Walker, graciously provided for free by the great folks over at tommywalkerministries.org. Check it out and consider supporting them, tommywalkerministries.org. Remember, you can't change your life until you change your mind. And the good news is you can start today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren. I'll talk to you soon. God bless you, friend. Have a great day.